You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode number 139, featuring aspiring master mechanic, Josh Hinton. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, ride along to the Washington, D.C. metro area to meet car enthusiast Josh Hinton. Aspiring to be a master mechanic for a German car brand, this ambitious high school student is the next wave of automotive genius. As a 17-year-old self-taught gearhead, Josh has rebuilt and flipped multiple vehicles and is already making a positive reputation for himself and his community. Ride along with the Cars of Carlisle crew as we head to Northern Virginia to support the latest generation of gearheads. So, let's get revved up! Hello and welcome back, viewers, to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren. As always, we truly appreciate having you back with us again this week. In just a few minutes, we're going to be talking with Josh Hinton. He's a teenager in the Northern Virginia area, and he is becoming quite a successful, and may I add, a self-taught mechanic as well as an overhauler. Remember, this is your podcast. Together, it's all about car community, car culture. By the way, fans, cubers, followers, cars of community, family, have you subscribed to Cars of Carlisle? If not, please do so. That way you will find this episode queued up and ready to go every Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning, depending on where you are in the world. And it'll be set and ready and for you to enjoy and listen to. We appreciate you being such a, a positive supporter of this show. And you can do that through iTunes by giving us five stars, rating uh, uh, through a positive review, um, anything like that helps us. In fact, one way that uh, means a lot is just sharing and promoting us, making others aware of this podcast. There are a lot of podcast choices out there and even a lot of automotive podcasts, but, but being that we're working so hard to earn your top position on automotive podcasts, thank you so much. Please share us on all your social media channels like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Thank you in advance for getting the word out on the Cars of Carlisle podcast. Also, if you want to help support us financially for all that we're working on and uh, what well, goes into the, the work that we do, uh, find us at paypal.me forward slash cars of Carlisle. like to thank you for all of that support as well. So, as Josh has an affinity for German vehicles uh, and has a plans for working on an Audi, this week's trivia question will be as follows. What do the four overlapping rings of the Audi emblem logo represent? That answer awaits at the end of this episode. So for now, it's time to speak with a young guy making a name for himself wrenching on vehicles of all types. Hello, Cubers, and welcome back. We are here in Studio A in Carlisle, and I have Josh Hinton on the phone. And because of the pandemic situation, we decided safer to do this by phone conversation. But Josh, thanks so much for being here this afternoon evening. 
No, thank, thank you. It's a great opportunity. Well, I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, just to let everybody know, Josh is a very ambitious young man. He's uh, 17 and he's based out of Northern Virginia in the Washington, D.C. metro area. And as a high school senior, he already has a lot of experience uh, in the automotive industry. We'll get into talking a little bit about that, how Josh has helped manage a local shop. He's been uh, flipping and, and uh, doing a lot of mechanical work, particularly on German marks. And uh, he is he's sharpening his chops at a very young age. And I'm excited about Josh representing the young guns and where we're heading in this industry and how important it is uh, to help support the next generation as they pursue the passion and the industry that we all love. So Josh, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, have the listeners hear all about uh, just kind of your journey and how you got there. So talk a little bit about, um, we'll talk just for a moment about uh, you know, the Audis and the VWs and then we'll, we'll rewind back to at a younger age when you realized, yeah, you're, you're definitely a car guy. So what are some things you've been doing here in the last six to 12 months? Well, the start of 2020 is, I mean, it, it was rough for everyone, let's be honest. And I needed, I knew I needed like a distraction. And, um, let's see, I had a 2001 Volkswagen Golf at the time. And me being my young and dumb self, <laughs> uh, I, I happened to have, I happened to have wrecked it. Uh, messed up on a brake job, let's just say. That's, you live and you learn. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's when I—that's the thing I sh- started with this year, and I had to do a full, full suspension rebuild and front end, and I mean that was a wreck. And just months later, hydroplaned and really finished off the car. So that is the first thing I started with um, in 2020. Moved on to a same generation Mark IV. Um, but it was a Jetta instead of a Golf, and I I just had a friend, and they said, "Hey, we have this car, just taking up space. You guys come pick it up, keep it for yourselves, or just flip it." And I chose to flip it because let's just make a few extra bucks. So, and that was like a whole top end engine rebuild because they messed up the timing, and then the. There's been three German cars this year, and the third one was a uh, 2005 Audi A4. So it's all in that like early 2000s range this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And the buddy I'm staying with, he it's his car. So far, we've just been we've done the clutch, brakes. I mean, just there there's some more basic stuff, and then the big one was a head gasket because any German mechanic could tell you those head gaskets are are pretty trash. Mm-hmm. So that is that's been what I've been up to this year, um, with the German cars. <laughs> okay. All so, right. Now is it just circumstantial that the Golf, the Jetta, the A four, uh, or do you do you happen to um, kind of automatically gravitate to German engineering? Yeah, was it was it just uh, circumstantial, and it just happened to be that all three were German vehicles, or do you have you always liked uh, German engineering, and that's that's why you kind of lean more towards Audi and VW? It is a little bit of both. So my father, me growing up, he always had like a Volkswagen or Mercedes, something German. Okay. So 
um, it, it was always like back in my mind, like, yeah, German cars are nice. I, you know, like maybe I'll find one. I just happened to get lucky and between the few options I had, just happened to have been German and that's kind of what sparked it. So. Okay. All right. Gotcha. All right. Good. Now, what uh let's let's we'll come back to the projects and and what you've flipped because i think that's really really interesting um and i want to know more about how you how you learned this i mean your technical schooling and and what your plans are there but let's rewind back to when you were uh, a younger guy when did you know that cars are just something that you were had a fascination with them beyond just some people saying, yeah, I like cars, but you really liked the whole mechanical part of it. When, when did that happen for you? I think, I think everyone could say hot wheels is what started them. Okay. And I mean, of course that, that's what sparked the interest. I mean, sure. it's, it's every little, it's every little boy's, I don't know, toy, I guess you could say. Yep. But, when I, when I realized, like, hey, I really have a career, and I really want a career in this, was my freshman year in sh in my shop class. Like, it was just normal small engines class to teach you the basics. But that freshman year, it's, I mean, it, it just really clicked. I was like, wow, this is, this is fun. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a blast to be able to do this stuff, get your hands dirty. And, mm -hmm. So that freshman year was definitely, would have to be the year Great. that it that I realized. Well, uh, thank you for that. What uh, what has helped you? I mean, obviously with uh, with the golf, and I mean, you've had the the front end and the suspension work. That's not that's uh, not easy stuff. Have you had mentors? What have uh, what have been the the keys to your education? Your hands on education. My I mean, my tool, my key, I guess, is just. I don't know, going out and doing it to get the experience. Like, I'll take visual and mental pictures and look at what assess the situation, you know, like diagnosing your car, you know, or diagnosing, mm -hmm. whatever you want to say that. Mm -hmm. And um, that's pretty much how, in my, I mean, in my small engines class, first and second year, you, you learn the basics. Right. And once you know the basics, you can kind of expand out from there. So because every pretty much... Yeah, I mean, every engine needs a fuel source. It needs spark, needs air. I mean, the internal combustion, combustion engine yeah. is what it is. But yeah, you're right. It just gets more complex the bigger you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, excellent. Self taught, really. With the, I mean, I mean, of course, I learned the basics in school, but then going out and, I mean, I remember I had like a moped. That's what I really started with. We had like a family moped we beat up. <laughs> and just learn how to build that thing top to bottom. And, sure. You know, and it just translates the larger stuff. You got you know? that right. Yeah, that's excellent. What, uh, what, yeah, I think you've, you've been involved with a, a local shop, right? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so we do, my involvement with a local shop is basically I just buy stuff off of the lot. Um, I have, and that's like just a few miles down the road. I I like to flip them at my own house, and then um, it. A lot of people will walk away from their cars once they're taken to this local shop because the repairs may be too large. Like the Audi A4, we got from the, that local shop, and we got it for eight hundred, like dirt cheap. We 
replace the head gasket and we were good until the clutch blew out. Like, that's just one of the examples. Mm -hmm. um, but the local shop supplies us with um, cheap cars because the owners didn't want to pay for whatever repair it may be. Sure. And us, you know, and us knowing cars in and out to find a cheaper fix and we're not charging ourselves for labor. So right. that's my involvement with the local shop. Okay. Um, right there in Boyce, Virginia. So Gotcha. Okay. Great. What are the uh, what are the next projects on the horizon for you? The next project is gonna it's not German this time, but <laughs> it's still it's still it's gonna be a larger project. It's a ninety three Ford F three fifty or not ninety three, ninety six Ford F three fifty dually. Oh wow. So Wow. Yeah, it's a seven three power stroke. So that is the next project to make a profit. We have okay. projects going on now, but those are our own personal vehicles. Okay. So Wow. And you have that in the driveway already, the dually? That is at the local shop. So okay. Okay. And, and and he doesn't have for sale signs up, so they sit there and wait till someone goes up to him and says, Hey, is this available? So um yeah, it's just gonna be sitting at that shop and it's been sitting there for three years now. Okay. So it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Have you done work on diesels before? No, but I'm willing to learn. Absolutely. That's I'm willing to learn. It does run is the great part about it is it does run. I'm just going to be doing a bunch of like maintenance and checkup on it before I get it out the door. Okay. So this one, I, I say a big project just because of the size of it. Sure. But the size of the vehicle is large, but the actual amount of work might not be too much, but I'm not going to throw down a diesel if I have to work on it because it, it's one more thing you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. is it I, again? I think that's so good that you're you're broadening and expanding uh, your kind of your aptitude on all that. How's the frame? How is the body on that 350? Oh, it is neat, and that and that's what surprised me. It has 153,000 miles, like 153,000 roughly. Um, it's got no rust. The frame is in perfect condition. It's the actual shop owner's truck, so it was taken okay. care of well. Um, but, I mean, that thing's, that thing's mint. So there's, the paint could just be polished up. I got a steam cleaner, I'll probably just take to the floors, but like, the truck itself, other than the fact it's been sitting and got a bunch of dirt collecting out on it, it's, it's in great condition, so. Excellent. And we're picking it up for four grand, not sure if I mentioned that, but I mean, that's a pretty good deal for at 350 dually for that year so well i gotta tilt my hat to you in the sense that when i was your age i didn't have four grand to spend on anything and this is because you've been able to use your hands and your mind and uh you're building kind of your own enterprise you're, you took something small bought it for a little something did the work on it you have these parts through the local shop you flip it make a little profit you invested in the next project and you keep growing it just like people do with real estate and that's what's allowed you to be able to buy this f-350 and that's pretty darn impressive i'm telling you i didn't have 40 bucks to my name when i was 17 so good job but thank you that's really pretty cool well i'm i'm excited about your future in the automotive industry and i i hope that with listeners um, getting to know you through this podcast that if they have things that they can provide or guidance or any kind of mentoring like that, 
certainly ask my fans to uh, to reach out. Even if it's through me, I can put you in contact with Josh. But definitely want to help. Uh, like I said, the young guns and and uh, those in the you know in you know, this generation really make uh, have a chance to do what they want to do and fulfill their dreams with uh, with the car hobby, the automotive hobby. Well, what's uh, what? Okay, being a senior now, what what comes next? Uh, I mean, technical schools. What are you what are you looking to do? What were, and where will you be this time next year? What do you hope to be up to? This time next year, I'm hoping to get into UTI. Okay. Uh, up in the up in the Exton campus in Exton, Pennsylvania. Yep, I know well. Uh, You're, it's just outside Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. That that is where I'm hoping to get into. I'm trying to for the. I want to get into BMW or Porsche. Okay. And you have to interview, get into those, and there's an acceptance process. And I, I th- that is the path I would want to take. UTI does not offer Volkswagen or Audi. If they did, I would I'd take it hands down. But I'm going to stick with German, just go BMW or Porsche. Mm-hmm. And if I can't get accepted through it just by doing the interview and whatever else, whatever other requirements there may be, I'm, I'm going to first go through Ford because they have a very broad range of engines and different vehicles that they work on Got it. that will closely relate to some of the German stuff. And then I'll go back and try to interview for it. Okay. So that, that is the plan for this next post-graduation, you know, this next year or two. Um, so that, that is where I'm trying to go. Trying to go. Excellent. Yeah, that would be tremendous. Have you thought, and I know that this is kind of an unfair question for someone uh, just so early in their career and, and young starting out, but if you had, to, if let's say in that interview process with UTI and they said to you, Josh, um, once you've graduated, if you were to matriculate here and once you graduate um, 10 years from now down the line in your career, what uh, what would you be doing? Whether it be having a shop of your own, being part of a race team, working for a corporate uh, OEM like a like a Porsche or a BMW, what would what would be your answer if you were asked that in a face to face interview in Exton? I I would have to say it it would honestly just have to be working for a dealership and try to work my way to master mechanic okay. for that dealership or a dealership of a German make. Gotcha. That, that's what I would have to say would be my goal for the next 10 years or so, you know, because, um, I mean, it's the little things in life that'll make me happy and and make people happy. And just working on working on the cars is fun as it is. I don't need to be the owner of Porsche or BMW to love what I do. Mm-hmm. So the okay. goal is really just to go work at one of the dealerships and try to work my work mechanic. Of course, no, that makes sense. In fact, uh, you may be familiar that one of the sponsors of this show is a Porsche dealership here in the central Pennsylvania area. And uh, when I talked to the general manager and I've gone through the tours and they just finished building a beautiful Porsche center, it's brand new. Um, But the bays that the, the mechanics work in are absolutely spotless and they stay that way i mean most most modern day like you go to a toyota dealership or a ford dealership again it's 
they're all very, very well maintained, but this is almost like a laboratory type clean. Um, and what they, they tout in particular about Porsche is that their mechanics take all kinds of continuing education and classes constantly. Some are fortunate enough to, to actually head over to Germany, to the Stuttgart area, but you know, most of it's done, of course, online. But they have mechanics that have been doing it for so many years and have passed all the certifications and able to work on uh, everything, including now the Takan, which is all the electrical, uh, the batteries and everything. And they have, as they say, essentially PhDs in Porsche. And that sounds like I can see you doing something like that, no matter what the brand or the make. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's it. One, one interesting thing that you said was how clean Porsche keeps the shop. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. A clean shop is like required in yeah. my, in my personal opinion. Right. So. Right. Yeah, it's almost, uh, it's really amazing when you watch these these vehicles in, in the environment and the way they're being worked on. Uh, it's almost like surgery for your car. It's, that's how the precision and the care and the, and it's, it's not just limited to, to Porsche, but just modern day um, shops are much different than they were many, many years ago. So you're right about that. And I will say too, that I've always had a deep respect for mechanics going all the way back to the early 20th century, of course, but uh, now more than ever, to be an automotive mechanic, you have to be extremely competent uh, from all digital matters, from technology, from the diagnostics, you've gotta be extremely savvy with doing the research. Um, and it is, it is definitely hands-on, but you have to be extremely bright to work on vehicles as complicated and sophisticated as they are now. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you that. That last part is more true as truth gets. Cause, wow, German engineering, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, and I know too. I had a, uh, I had a Mercedes um, two thirty years ago, and uh, it would take half an afternoon to change the light bulb because you had to take so many things apart. <laughs> the grill and the, the front end of the engine thing that sometimes it's uh it seems like it's over engineered but uh yeah they're they're really well put together for sure well good yeah what other uh what other topics what other would you, items would you like to to share with the listeners and, and to put out there because again i i really am uh excited about your future and and know that uh, those in the hobby and the industry want to help support one another it's a great big family that's why this, uh, you know, you hear me say about this being a car community for sure. I would have to say I moved, I moved on with my own personal vehicle to another foreign company, another foreign make, you could say. Um, and this might not be permanent. I don't know. I just happened to have gotten a great deal and I've moved on to Mazda for my own personal vehicle Okay. for the next however many years this will last me. So, so what is that um, car? Say again? So what is the vehicle that, that your personal ride? A Mazda RX-8. Oh, really? What year is it? Uh, 2007. Okay. So like the first gen. Yeah, yeah. So is it, it's rotary engine then, right, Josh? Yeah, it's still the, still the original rotary. That's a huge question I get. Everyone's like, does it still have the rotary engine? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I respect the RX-8. I'm going to keep the rotary in it. <laughs> so, um, but 
even though rotaries are known to be unreliable, you know, I'm putting up these quotes in the air because everyone's saying they're unreliable. And there may be some truth to it, but what I've experienced with anything I've had to do with the car, and they're all some minor stuff. When I first got the car, I had to do a clutch job. And, I mean, I had the whole transmission out and on my own in, like, two and a half hours. Wow. So... And that includes jacking it up onto these six-ton jack stands, which are tall. Dude, let me tell you, that is what took the longest was jacking it up because I had to go, like, corner by corner try to get it all the way up on these six-ton jack stands. But, um, but after that, like, I mean, everything with this car is actually, uh, I think, simplified compared to, I guess, the Audi that my buddy has. Okay. So... And so I'm enjoying it, and then my cousin would take the clutch over the summer for his, and his is a NA Miata. So there's Mazda, and then Volkswagen and Audi. That's like the main stuff that we mess around with right now. Sure. Um, and Mazda just happened to have been, with, it's a little different than the Audi and Volkswagen situation, the Audi Volkswagen situation. That's something I've always enjoyed. I like German cars wasn't the top of my list but it you know something I enjoyed and then just I found some opportunities to get some with uh, Mazda I mean it, it just was sheer opportunity like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't it, it was just what was presented to me and the Apex seals have already been replaced in the car around 90 or 100,000 miles um, and it's at 134,000 so mm-hmm. as of now it's treating me well Good. Other than gas mileage, anyone listening, mods R S eight gets terrible gas mileage. <laughs> so, like the other day, I was averaging twelve and wow. the poop. Now it's not a diesel truck. Wow. So yeah, it's it's gas mileage is <laughs> down the drain. So <laughs> yeah, I understand. It's all right. We uh, we have to be excited about what we drive, and and sometimes not every aspect of that is practical. So it's, I get it. Smiles per gallon. Yeah, there you got it. We all have one of those in the garage, or most of us do. That's there's something to that. You're right about that. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to give uh, give you final say before and think about anything you want to want to put out there. Uh, it can be part of uh, uh, just kind of putting something out there to the listeners. You may want to share your Facebook, your Instagram handles, you know, whatever, whatever, but I'm going to let you have the final turn behind the wheel. So go ahead, Josh, you have, you have the final say. Well, I can give you my Instagram and it's all lowercase. It's J Hinton underscore zero three. Okay. That's, that's, that's where you can find me on Instagram. Okay, and just for the listeners, that's H I N T O N. Yeah, thank you. And I mean, I just want to say thanks for letting me be a part of this. If there's anyone listening that has some type of opportunity available, I'm, you know, more than happy to tag along. Any apprenticeships, like, you know, just get my foot in the door and sure. the automotive industry would be a huge help. So. Oh, that's great. That's excellent. And I, I thank my listeners in advance for anyone that can think of that or pass along a referral. 
you can always, uh, like you said, reach, you have the way to contact Josh directly if you want to send anything through us. I see each and every email that comes to carsofcarlisle at outlook.com. I'll be sure to connect and get that to Josh, but uh, I'm a big believer that we have to help those uh, coming up behind us and the new generation and really... Um, with everything going electric and and all the you know away from fossil fuels it could be a very different world in 15 or 20 years and we have bright minds like josh that'll be there to to help uh, maintain whatever kind of vehicles we have on the road at that time so i i'm excited about your future josh would love to uh, stay in touch and hear more about what's happening especially after graduation and you are always welcome to come back on the show and tell us more about some of the the projects like that 96 f3 f350 and uh, all the other things that you're going to be working on here in the future. Yeah, thank you. On behalf of the entire team at Cars of Carlisle, we hope you enjoyed this week's show and this week's guest, Josh Hinton. To you, Josh, a big thank you for being a part of the show. And for all the listeners out there, if you know of anyone that's looking for an apprentice in a garage or shop, please reach out to Josh. I know he is definitely interested in pursuing an opportunity where he can uh, grow and, and become... Uh, the master mechanic that he hopes to be someday. And together, all of us can help support that next generation of car people. So let's downshift to this week's trivia answer. The question, if you remember at the top of the early in the show was, what do the four overlapping rings of the Audi emblem logo represent? And thanks to research done on Wikipedia, we found out that the Audi emblem is, as you know, the four overlapping rings. What those represent are the four parts or four marks that make up the auto union. Um, the Audi emblem itself is kind of an amalgamation of, of four different marks or manufacturers. That being, if you start from the left, the first ring, and work all the way to the, the right, the, uh, the fourth ring. First ring represents Audi. Second is for DKW. The third ring for Horch. And the fourth and final ring is for Wanderer. I did a little deeper dive on that, and uh, the design itself, they say, goes back to uh, a sales director at Wanderer, and his name was Klaus von Ortsen. I might be mispronouncing that, but uh, Klaus uh, was inspired, particularly when the Olympics were being hosted in Berlin in '36, and it was, uh, a, they thought, maybe a variation of the Olympic logo, um, as the Auto Union wanted to, of course... Um, be successful. But what's kind of strange, or I, I guess you could say in the fact that the International Olympic Committee later on um, ended up bringing suit against Audi in the International Trademark Court in 1995. Uh, that was not a successful uh, suit, but at least they, uh, they did uh, look into that, if you will. So that is this week's trivia question and answer. Let's take a moment to recognize our exclusive OEM automotive dealer sponsor, and that is Porsche Mechanicsburg. would like to thank Nick Ramagosa and the entire team at Porsche. Uh, we are genuinely proud to be affiliated with them and have them as a sponsor. If you live anywhere in the Washington, Baltimore area, or anywhere in the, the greater Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area, you owe it to yourself to check out Porsche Mechanicsburg. They have recently completed a brand new state-of-the-art Porsche Center, which is spectacular. And that world-class facility is located at 6625 Carlisle Pike in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, which is just a few 12-minute 
uh, 15-minute ride to the east of Carlisle and visit them. They are part of the Faulkner Automotive Group, and that has been around since 1932. And with that at Porsche Mechanicsburg, they are a dedicated group of world-class professionals. That is the place to go if you are interested in a Porsche 718, the new 992 generation of the Porsche 911, perhaps a Panamera, a Macan, maybe even a Taycan or a Cayenne. Be sure to look them up and check them out. We'd like to say thank you to Porsche Mechanicsburg for all their support. Well, my friends, it is nearly time to close the proverbial hood on this episode and head on out of the garage. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you so much for supporting the show, for being a fan of the show. We want to continue to grow and expand this community of friends and and car aficionados. So please continue to put the word out there. We will have you back next week, and we'll be speaking with two race car drivers who also happen to be business partners. So tune in for that. We will be here waiting for you. Because together it's all about car community, car culture. Drive well. Be well. Take care.